Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. Here at the Loft, our mission is reconciliation. We truly hope this podcast draws you into a new sense of belonging within the loving arms of Jesus Christ. Let's get started. Study as she goes, and then they give me the word. I'm not for everyone, yeah. and I'm not. 
I'm his. I'm a blood-bought person. Not for everybody. For him. What he says goes. What he speaks is the truth. And where he leads, I'm going. I want to go where he isn't. Not for everyone. It's special what we carry. Treasure in clay. That was a good year. The next year was intentional. I'm going to be intentional who I spend time with. Because there's always going to be ministry. And I tell our team and I tell our leaders, you know, and our teachers too, every every 12 weeks or so, you should get out of here. Get out of Dodge. Go do something different. Look at some different scenery. Talk to some different people. Let God remind you, man. Because what you do here, you don't have to do. You get to. So go do something different for a minute. See some other people. See some other things. And remember who you are. Let God speak to you, right? Intentional in who you spend time with. Intentional in your focus. This last year, he gave me this word. It was, set your heart, fix your eyes. Eyes fixed, heart raised. Remember all the promises. Because I've had dreams and I've had visions. It's starting to happen, which is kind of awesome and overwhelming at the same time. Because never in the seven years that I've been here have I felt God tell me that to get ready. Yeah. Until now. So I feel it. Church is going to grow. Things are going to happen. You know, I can I can see it down the down the road. Some of you I can see in the room. Some of you won't be in the room. Some of you will be off doing something else incredible for God, and it'll be awesome because we'll have had a part in that. Just like we have people who have been here before. And so this year, I feel God saying, surrender. Give yourself to it. Let's go. So, there's a song Scott sang for us this morning. I asked him to. Humbly I stand and offer. I'm the offer. I stand here and offering to God. Can you say that in your heart? How committed are you in your walk with God? Because what he's bringing, it's going to take everything. It's going to take your heart and your willingness. You know, my mom told me this week, she's been, just my mom just, the last few years, my mom has been a disciple of this show called The Chosen. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's really cool. Relax, mom. Okay. So she's watching this show, and she just loves it. You know, I'm like, how are you ever going to get through the crucifixion? I just don't know. I don't know. But she's, she's really invested in it. But you know what happened? God has healed her. You know, my mom, I just remember all the years we were just so distant and couldn't even hardly talk to each other. She was in a really hard relationship with my stepdad, Vietnam veteran, abusive, alcoholic. I mean, it was hard. And every she kept her faith in God through that whole thing. You know, but sometimes a little harder than others. Sometimes it wasn't grace. Man, there's so much grace on you. Now it's like, wow, my mom. My mom's loving me, sending me text messages. I love you, daughter. I'm surprised. I'm like, who it is? <laughs> it's like, but it's awesome. I love it. It's just been incredible. People come up to me and say, your mom's so sweet. And I'll be like, what, my mom? You know? But she is, and I can see it, mom. And I honor you in that. She had this thing come along. This is all going to get back to you. Don't worry. So she tells me, you know, I feel like God wants me to start Bible study. I feel like God wants me to start to outreach to some of the seniors that I'm in group with. Terry, there's no way she's your mom. We're the same age. But mother in the spirit, yeah, she could do it. But here's the thing. You know, then what happens is somebody comes along that maybe she isn't so fond of or somebody that, you know, she doesn't really want to spend time with and they're knocking on her door. And she's like, do I have to do that? And I'm like, no, you get to if you want. You know, you don't have to. But if you do, then the vision will come to pass. Yeah. And I'm speaking to her and every one of you. 
because I can't do it by myself. I got to take care of you guys. You guys got to take care of the next and the next and the people after that. Yeah. And if and you can, but you don't have to. But you get to. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. I know you do. Here's a song we didn't sing, but I hope you'll indulge me just the lyrics just for a second. Such a great song. It's probably those song. It's like my all-time favorite music. <clears throat> Here I am, down on my knees again, surrendering all. Surrendering all. Find me here, Lord, as you draw me near. I'm desperate for you. Desperate for you. I surrender. Drench my soul as mercy and grace unfold. I hunger and thirst. I hunger and thirst. With arms stretched wide, I know you hear my cry. Speak to me now. Speak to me now. I surrender. I want to know you more. Like a rushing wind, Jesus, breathe within. Lord, have your way. Have your way in me. Like a mighty storm, stir within my soul. Lord, have your way. Have your way in me. I surrender. Now around here, if you've been here any length of time, we preach kind of a different message than that. And I love it. It's who we are as, as a people group. It sounds more like, don't give up. Hang on. Don't stop. Step forward, one day at a time. God's got you. Hold on to the promise. Believe in your destiny. God has a plan and purpose for you. You can't fail. If God is for you, who can be against you? Weapons may be formed, but they won't prosper. Pick up your sword and fight. You're made and bought for such a time as this. This is who we are. This is our anthem. Never surrender. But you can have that posture in, in the, the kingdom authority that is on you and the love of God that's in you and still be fully surrendered to God at the same time. And that's the kind of surrender that I believe God is asking for and looking for. I love that first message and it inspires me, believe me. It just gets, it floats my boat, keeps me going. Just never surrender, never give up. God is for you. But how do we get to a place where we surrender completely to him? Because I think we think of surrender as weakness or brokenness or something stronger than us just knocked us down and, and took us down. I, I looked up a couple of things, you know, that that will qualify as surrender in today's day and age. Before I tell you that, I want to tell you this. I feel like God told me there's two, two kinds of people who will receive this message all the way to, to their soul like I do. And one group of people is like, you know, forget about it. I'm done. You know, I'm tired of lending all my energy to that. I, I give up. Forget it. Throwing in the towel. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work. Whatever I do, you know, I'm tired of giving my energy to this. I'm tired of trying to build that relationship without reciprocation. I'm tired of trying to perform so hard for that job for a promotion I'm never going to get. I'm just, I'm done. I give up. I quit. And I feel like to that group of people, God is, you know, speaks that familiar saying. Thank God. Thank me. Finally. Finally, I can move now. Because when we get to the end of us, it's the beginning of him. And it's powerful, so you're in the right place. Second group of people, probably a little bit more like me, control freak. I mean, I grew up in a situation that was out of control all the time, so naturally I'm going to try to control everything now, and I can't. So it comes to a place where I have to yield the things that I cannot control back to the one who made me, who is in control, and give it to him. Does that make sense? 
mean, you think you're the one who, you think you're the one who causes the sun to shine? You're not. Do you think you're the one who causes your bank account to grow? Yeah, you've got to go to work. You've got to partner with God. But God's the one who causes you to get well. God's the one who made you able-bodied and out there willing to do it, filled your lungs with the air that you breathe yeah. every day. Yeah. He's the one. We don't have any kind of authority or power or control, and it's very difficult to relinquish. We have to. We have to do it. So you're in one of those two categories, or maybe write your own. If I didn't get it, the Holy Spirit can speak to you while you're sitting there. But there's a couple of universal signs for surrender. And one is the white flag. I almost got you all white flags to blow around, you know, while you're in here, just to give it up to God. But it seemed a little cheesy on the second thought, so I didn't do it. But the white flag of surrender, man, what if you just held it up in your heart to God? Yeah. What if you just did it right now as a posture? I give up, God. I give it to you. I want you. Nothing else. There's some police uh, demonstration where, you know, the police come in, take over. Somebody has to give up. Don't know if they wanted to or not. It looks pretty peaceful, some of it. And when, I look, when you look up this stuff online, you're going to find hands up, don't shoot, which I like that phrase. I, I don't like the political stuff around it, but I like the idea of going, don't shoot me, Jesus. I give I'm yours. Because if you can put yourself in that role, you know, that he is the one who pays your ransom and he's the one who comes for you. When you surrender to his authority, give up. There's some Iraqi soldiers there that are giving up to some military troops. There's this great surrender at World War II at the end of it. I've actually stood on the USS Missouri. Have you ever been there, Steve? God, man, it's awesome. You can stand there and see the way they, they positioned the desk so that the one who was signing it could look up at the city that was demolished behind him. I sign it. I mean, this kind of stuff is powerful. You know, you, you think all these things have something in common. If you go to the next one, it's worship. These are people giving themselves in surrender to God, bending the knee, lifting the hands. All the things have something in common and it's hands raised. Have you ever wondered why we do this in worship? It's because we surrender. I got nothing to hide, Jesus. There. What do you have my heart? Take it all. I surrender. I give up. I yield to your authority. I sign the document that says you're the Lord. You're the king of me. You're the winner. You're stronger than me. You're everything. I give it to you. Okay? Yielding like that. I think a lot of surrender is associated with posture. The posture of yourself. How do you act, you know? You can tell if you're a surrendered person or not. Like, if this is, like, bugging you, this conversation is annoying, you don't like it, you're probably not very surrendered. And look, that's okay, because you're in the right room. How are you going to know unless you hear? How are you going to hear unless we say it? Unless God speaks it to us and we say it. So there's a place where you want to get where it won't be something that irritates you. It'll be something where you run to it. You know, prostrate yourself face down. Take everything I have, right? I think Christy did a really good job last week talking about living. She, she basically spoke life to this room, and she did it in a way that was not passive or small. And the word was live, L-I-V-E. And she didn't just say live, she said live! Yeah. Everybody, come alive. You are dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, and live now. Yeah. That's what he said. Babe, I'm sorry. Was that too loud? Sorry, baby. Live, baby. Live. <laughs> Hear the word of the Lord and live. This is the same message. 
surrender and live. Surrender is not weak. Surrender to God is life-giving. It's life-breathing and life-moving. It's the safe kind and the free kind. You know, I've been trying to talk about Queen Esther for weeks in this place. I hinted about her story when we started fasting because she called for a fast when she was facing a difficult task. And she asked for everybody to fast for her for three days. And we talked about her then. Just to give her another nod today, I'm not going to preach the whole thing again because I didn't feel it when I was putting it together. But I did feel this part, you know. She surrendered to the mission, to the call. Some of you have things on the inside of you that God's been asking you to do for years. You tiptoe in and you dabble around and then you get ankle deep. And God wants you to come all the way out into the depth of it and give yourself to it. What if I fail? What if you don't? And we're going to use Christine for an example now. Had this vision in her heart. She's already an executive at Dent Wizard. She's already succeeding in her life. She's already an executive in this church. She makes the thing run. She's a great friend and a trooper, man, a, a giver and a volunteer. And God says, why don't you try real estate? Now, most people would be like, I think i got enough, Jesus. But not Christine. She's like, whatever you want, Lord. Yeah. I'm follow what you told me and what you put in my heart. And then here it is. It seems like it was two weeks ago she told me that. Now she's finished the program, passed her test, has a real estate license, and has succeeded. She could have said, what if I fail? It caught, you know, the expense, the time, the energy. She could have hem-hawed around and procrastinated. Hem-hawing and procrastination do not bring life. They bring death. Right. They have to go. They're like stones and heavy objects draped across you that forbid you from entering the place of God's life and places of surrender. Sometimes you need to surrender to the mission, to the work, because I can see the finances coming already, Christine, and that makes me happy. You know why? Because Christine's a tither. <laughs> Bless her Lord. <laughs> I remember when Scott and I wanted to do our first business. We were entrepreneurs. Now, I say we were, but really I was married to it. It was him. But I supported him, and he had this vision for starting a business, and it was it was uh, toner cartridges. Like, you know, you can go anywhere and buy them now for your inkjet printers and, you know, copy machines, but it wasn't a thing then. Um, he saw that it was a need because he was a delivery driver. We're 20 years old. You know, we're married. We're young. And he said, I think I could build a business out of refilling these little toner cartridges. And I'm like, sure you could. You can do anything you want. I'll help you. And we made a little area in our storage under our apartment, and we started the business there. And it became international laser. You know, we could have sat around and said, what if we what if we fail? What if we don't? We didn't have anything. We didn't really have anything to lose. It's like, let's do it. And let's tithe and let's see if God won't be for us. And I can tell you, I've never seen his seed begging bread, including me. Never begged. There were some lean days, man. There were some lean days, remember? And, and, but God did not forsake us. And he gave us scriptures. You know, we're in this season of prayer and fasting, and it's pray the word. It's kind of like the, the theme of this whole thing. How do you pray the word? Well, here's a scripture that God gave us during those times, it says in Deuteronomy. And for those of you who are in the Bible program with us, if you think Leviticus was hard, Numbers is harder, you're welcome. Deuteronomy is better. It has a couple shining lights like this one right here you're getting ready to read. For those of you who are with us, thank you. It's about 15 or so on that program. So Deuteronomy 8, it says, But you shall remember with profound respect the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore solemnly promised to your fathers as it is to this day. And so when things were lean, 
You know, we didn't wring our hands, and we sure didn't cry. We didn't beg for anything. We're not the yielding kind. We went to God, and we said, do you remember? I remember. I remember you, and I remember what you said with the most profound respect I can muster for you, God. You're the one who gives us power to gain wealth. We are your servants. We are tithers. We're blood-bought. We're in covenant with you, God. You give us the power to gain wealth. And we would like to be crazy. We'd be the happy dance. You give us power. We have nothing. We have ketchup in the fridge and maybe one baby bottle because we have Christie and a baby. You make us wealthy. But, you know, when that happens a couple of days, you start to get a little tired. And then I would cry. I would cry these prayers. I would. One day, Stacy went to school and charged her lunch. No food. Scott goes, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. I'm going to go try to collect money on this debt. Because when you're working for yourself, you bill people. And they get 30 days to pay you if they choose to at the end of that time. So you're working for yourself. You know, you're out there mo motivated, making it happen. And we would come to God. You know, the, the cupboard is bare here, Lord. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, Lord. I've never seen your seed begging bread. And I will not do it. You are God or you are not. Make your way. You are the one who gives us power to gain wealth, that you might establish your covenant with my fathers. Establish your covenant, God. And I would have tears, like, crying. And you knock on the door. Hey, I don't know, but I don't know what's going on here. I, I stopped off at Sam's this morning, and I bought, like, everything. Can I, can I bring you some groceries? Yeah, that'd be great. And they bring in everything, all the food. God is not a disappointer. You gotta get out on the water and walk if you wanna see a miracle. Everybody wants a miracle, nobody wants the trauma to come to get a miracle. Did you know if you need a healing, you gotta be sick? Did you know that? Did you know if you need a miracle provision, then you gotta be low? God knows how to lift and he knows how to raise and he knows how to put money in your hands, and if it isn't money, he can put provision. He put vacations on us the same year, you know, that we didn't pay for. They just came. I remember this one was hard. That one was hard. This one was soul-wrenchingly hard. Times of surrender. I remember when God started to speak to me when I was a young wife and a young mother. And he started to speak to me about the flesh and the spirit and the war between the flesh and the spirit that live in here. That's why you feel schizophrenic half the time. You're not schizophrenic. I declare a clear mind in the name of Jesus. You know what? You have the, the flesh and the spirit at war inside your very one person. And the flesh wants to do what it desires. And the spirit wants to honor God. And they're in there at the same time. And the one you feed is the strong one. And you starve out that flesh man. And he will eventually succumb to the will of God. But I remember in the days when God was teaching me this, and I would lay it, because I wanted God so much. I just wanted him. I wanted his fullness. I wanted to be his. I wanted to shine for him, man. He, he forgave me and loved me so much. I was just a waif of a girl. And he came and brought all this forgiveness. I just wanted to be his. But the flesh is strong. You know, I remember one time, you know, Scott, me and Scott were having a fight. I know that's hard to imagine with all this lovey-doveyness that you observe now. We were having this fight. I mean, he probably did something dumb. Wouldn't would be repentant. I can't remember the details. Don't look at them. Um, but it's like, I had this I had this feeling, you know, I was just like, I don't want to go to church. We were supposed to be scheduled at church to be overseeing the kids' ministry that night, or that, yeah, that evening. And, and we're fighting. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere, bro. 
you know, this is online, this is right now, it's just real, you know. And he's like, we gave our word, we're going to go do this, we're going now. And I'm like, you're not going anywhere. I remember having, it's just like on, the flash is just like screaming. And he's like, I'm out. And he stepped out. And I remember, I was just like, oh, if you even knew the words your pastor knew and said it that day. And I was just like, I was so furious, and I really felt like I was right. Until the Holy Spirit, I was reading, I went to my Bible, because that's the only place we got to go. Do you ever go to the Bible when you're just like flaming hot? Like flaming hot Cheetos hot? Like you're just all the way burning? I go to the Bible, I don't know where else to go. I promise you. Galatians 5.17. The flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. The Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. And I was like, look. I know Scott is in the flesh, man. He is gone. He is way out there. But no. And this happened many times because he's always been wild then. But he's very self-assured. He's very secure. And I was very insecure and very broken. And I remember just the Lord speaking to me, you're going to have to surrender to the Spirit to overcome the flesh. You'll never make it. It'll tear you up. Your flesh is too strong. Flesh is too strong. You'll never make it. And it takes years Years of yielding to God and to the Spirit and to His presence to overcome the flesh, but you can do it. Yeah. Let me get to the bulk of what I want to talk about today. I only got 45 minutes more. Okay. So another great example is Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau, man. These guys, if you ever read through the Bible, you know, just spent some time with a friend of mine in Wichita, and she goes, Man, I just read through Genesis and felt like reading Sex in the City. You know, just all the things that happened in there. And I was like, wow. You know, I mean, it kind of is. I mean, there's everything you can imagine. There's every slanderous thing. There's murder. There's sex. There's greed. There's robbery. You know, robbery. It's just like crazy. So these boys, Jacob and Esau, they come after the line of uh, Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And Jacob is the son. Jacob and Esau. And they become, you know, they're twins. They even have a battle inside the womb. But they... As they grow up, Esau becomes a skillful man's man. He's hairy, you know. He's like he's a hunter. He's he, and he's very dramatic too. He's like a drama king. I'll explain that in a minute. And he's the dad's favorite. And then you know, that's Esau. Jacob grows up the mom's favorite, so he knows how to cook. You know, he's a little craftier. He's a manipulator. So is his mom. You know, and he learns how to be a liar and a manipulator all of his life. So, but you know, the story goes to where Esau's out there hunting. He got some game, and he's hungry, he's tired, and he comes in, and Jacob had made this amazing stew. And Esau actually says to him, hey, feed me some of that stew, brother. And he goes, sell me your birthright, and I will. Give me your blessing as the firstborn. Give me your inheritance, and I'll, I'll do it. And Esau says, well, you know, what good is an inheritance if I'm dead? I'm starving to death here. Guys, you don't want to miss this part. This is the best part. So Esau says to Jacob, I give it to you. I give you the birthright. I give you the birthright. I sell it to you. So the mom says, "Okay, really quick, dress up like your brother, your dad. He's aloof. He's on. He doesn't know the difference. We'll go in there, get him to do the blessing over you. He'll pray over you, and then you'll have it for sure." So he goes in to the dad, dresses up like Esau, puts a little goat hair on him, makes him smell like he's out in the wilderness, and the, and the dad doesn't know the difference. Blesses him and gives him the birthright. Okay, so it's on. So Jacob's blessed, but he's a liar and a manipulator, so he's got to run away so his brother doesn't kill him. Okay? You know, just like Thanksgiving at our house. You know, it's just kind of like that. So you get all that kind of stuff. 
Esau doesn't want to kill him anymore. He wants him to come home. Man, look how old mom is. You gotta see this. I got all my I don't need your gifts, man. I got my own stuff. God's been protecting and providing for me too. There's enough. And so he goes home. You know, when you give yourself to God, that's when things start to open up. When you yield yourself to God and surrender, you start to live the life that you've been longing for all along. It's on the other side of surrender is what you're looking for. So what do you surrender and how do you do it? Man, those are good questions. The way you surrender is to come to God honestly. You might as well not lie. He already knows anyway. You might as well come with an honest prayer. God, I need you. I need your help, man. I am not doing good out here. The world is eating me alive. I don't even know what I'm going to be doing next week. I've lost my job. I'm, I'm alone. I don't know what to do. I surrender to your will, God. I believe you. Will you help me? And you come with that honesty as best as you can and come forward to him. What do you surrender? Everything. Now, everything is broad and wide. So I made a short list for you to consider because you know how we are. We always judge everybody else by what we can see and what they do, but we judge ourselves by what we meant to do. And so I'll just point out a couple things, and if they stick, you grab it. Okay? So number one, control. Control is going to touch every single one of these areas. You have to let go. You know, the thing about God is he's already in control. You just have to acknowledge it and begin to relinquish it. It's amazing when you start going through life with repentance being a cure and start to, I mean, I'm not sorry for everything I do. I'm not sorry for my existence. I mean, but I will come with an apology if it needs to be heard. And I will say the words, I'm sorry. And those words didn't always come tripping off of my lips, but they do now because Jesus made it possible for me to say them because he forgave me with yeah. blood. Okay, number two, negativity. Negativity, when it comes up and out of your mouth, because you're unsurrendered, will take down the whole room in a whole big way. I mean, you can come in. Have you ever been around that? You're just like you're having a great day. I mean, your hair looks good. You got the right clothes on. You're at the right place at the right time. You found a bargain. You're putting it all together. If you're a dude, man, I saw the coolest car today. This engine was so loud. It was a Cleveland man. Anyway. But like the whole thing, you have a great day and you show up and everything's wonderful, right? And then you run into that person. And it's so such a downer, it's such a bummer. And it shouldn't be us in the kingdom of God. It shouldn't be us. One of my friends, shall remain nameless, said they had an Eeyore spirit. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You're Tigger. In the name of Jesus. You might be an introvert, but inside, happy, 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 fun, 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 fun. Because you got Jesus on the inside, right? Negativity is a killer. And when you start to hear it, ask your ask your friends and family, am I positive or negative? How do you see me? You want to change? Ask somebody who knows you. Am I positive or negative? And whatever they tell you, you receive it and you go to God. I surrender it to you. And he'll tell you, the Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit will knock on your heart. And say, man, you gotta watch that conversation. That is not getting you anywhere. Be positive. <sighs> worry. Worry adds nothing to your life. The Bible says, don't worry in Philippians 4 6. Don't worry about anything, pray about everything. 
Worry will not make you taller, the Bible says. Worry is the opposite. When you notice yourself, oh, and you'll hear it, because what the heart feels, the mouth says, and you'll start saying things, oh, man, I just worry so much about the Lord. But if you're doing that, stop. The Holy Spirit will come and speak it to you. I imagine that the conversations over lunch can be very profound, or you can just forget all about this and go have your burger over there and stack and enjoy your life. But if you want to change and you want to see the vision come to pass and you want to see growth come in the kingdom of God, examine yourself. Surrender yourself to God and let your people help you, man. Iron sharpens iron. The countenance of one of us will sharpen the next. Do you worry? You might think, I don't worry. Ask your friends if you do. They know. Number four, money. I love what Stacy said. And you get somebody who's an extrovert up there talking about it, they'll talk and they'll share their heart. What if you surrendered your money to God and you weren't such a tightwad? And you weren't so stingy? Come on, man. I've been there before, too. I work hard for my money. Do you, how, do you, do you think this is easy? You know, talking to you guys? Do you think it is? And look at me. Sometimes you look at me like, woman, you're nuts. There's no way we're doing any of that. You will, though, because you're bought with a price. That's why you're here. You're seeking God, and God will get into your heart and heart, and he will show you the goodness of his mercy and his love because he got into mine. And he knows how to turn these things. What if you yielded your money to God and your money wasn't an idol and you gave something away just because you did it. Number five, relationships. This one's big because it's very personal. What if you surrendered the relationship that you keep trying to control and make happen? What if you just gave that to God? What if he was in charge? Because he really is. What if you acknowledged that? What if you just and you let God bring the people to you that he wants to bring to you. And you let him draw people near you. Number six, the future. Well, that's huge. What if you relinquish the future to God? What if he actually holds it? What if he does? What if he actually is who he says he is? And he holds it. And you stop worrying and complaining and being negative about it. I'm not calling anybody out in this room. I'm just saying, what if we did? What if we believe that God and the name of Jesus is bigger than the future? Yeah. It's better than you guys are responding. I'm just saying. Matthew 6, 34 says, Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll worry about itself. Yes, I can go on and on with this list, but I believe the Holy Spirit living in you can tell you what you need to surrender because you know how you behave. You know how you think. You know what's in you. What's in the heart of a man? I ain't running worship team when I come back on. I'll do that a little bit of that. I surrender. Get out of here. What if the things that you've been struggling with are like Jacob struggling with God? You guys can stand up too. I know that gets distracted when they start going up there. You want to have that seventh inning stretch. I get it. What if, what if God has been bringing you to such a point as this right here where you yield your entire life to him. What if you did that? What if God wants all of you, your heart, your affection, your attention? I'm going to pray for us. If you've never, if you've never asked Jesus in your heart before, and your heart starts to thump a little, even if it's 
prospect of it. That's the Holy Spirit calling and drawing. Because God loves you. When we started out today, you know, we had that word from the Lord. He just said, you don't have to try harder. You don't have to fight longer. You don't have to be better. Come as you are. Come to me. Surrender. I just want to sing a little bit of this song. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, it won't be the only prayer you ever pray, but under your own breath, just say a prayer. God, I need you. Would you come into my heart? Would you forgive me for my sins? Would you, would you accept me? I repent. I surrender to you. It won't be the only prayer you pray to him, but it'll be a good start. And for the rest of us, control freaks, and those of us who are ready to give up, could you just lift your hands and surrender as an act of your will? I give it to you, God. You mean everything to me. Have me. Have my heart. And we're going to close with this song. Thanks for listening. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast. You can learn more about the Loft Gathering by visiting loftgathering.com or by joining us for Sunday morning worship service at 1030 a.m. Till next time, be blessed.